How we doing, folks? It's been a while, but this is The Road Team. Andy Berger coming to you from Savannah, Georgia, and joining me, as always, from Fort Collins, Colorado, Chris Warman. How we doing, Chris? What's up, Andy? Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. It's um, been a long time. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a while. It's been as long since Kentucky's had a winning streak, actually. Oof, yep, that's uh, that's an accurate statement. Uh, we don't need to delve too far into that. Um, what what I want to talk about is the NBA All-Star Game. I'm so excited. Yeah, we've got a new format. It's no longer East versus West. We've got two team captains picking teams. We know who will be populating those two teams we do not know who will go where are you excited about this new format i really love the new format i think it brings a much needed change to all-star weekend in the past uh, the uh the straight up conferences made sense but in today's league and to the way the nba works now um not only do you have guys that are not going out there and just playing for their conference for that sake of pride because these are millionaires that you know, have contracts and they could get hurt and all these other things um you also have the way that people consume the league with league pass and as well as um things like that so you have people that watch you know certain games for certain players so allowing the you know this kind of a shake up of of all-star weekend i think we're going to get a better chance at having a good basketball game and not just having another 197 to 195 ridiculous uh slam dunk contest without you know any defense or anything like that so i think it's a really good change of pace what do you what about you yeah i mean i, I mean i think uh a change was necessary. I, I I don't expect to see defense, um, just because there's no reason to risk your season. You know, guys are gonna go out and and get their shots. Um, but I do think what this does is it caters to the type of fan who is invested in the NBA for more reasons than just the basketball. Uh, I think we've seen through the last six years or so with the rise of social media, a class of fan who is in it for some of the drama, right? And yeah, you're talking about you're talking about NBA Twitter is what you're talking am, about, right? I am 100% talking about NBA Twitter. And so I think there are some questions here. Are there going to be any mind games, right? Because... Now, whereas before it was just like, all right, these 12 guys are going to go scrimmage 12 other guys. Now you have that sort of elementary school dodgeball. Field. Yeah, who's who's going to be the last pick? Who, uh, who's going to get snubbed? You know, yeah, it's, Le, it's, Le, it's, LeBron it's, has the first pick. Who's is he, he, is he going to take Kyrie? Exactly. You know, like, yeah. All kinds of fun stuff. Um, there's so many great storylines to this, and I'm really interested to see with a couple of you know the first time all star all stars like Victor Oladipo or Carl Anthony Towns like where do they fall? Do these guys get picked earlier or later? Um, I- I'm really excited about this. And like, what happens if like if somebody picks Russ last? Oh my God, does he just dunk on everybody for 48 minutes? Like, do you think now we know the draft is not going to be televised? And right. uh, a lot of what we've been hearing is that 
The NBA Players Association does not want their guys giving free content out for the league, which I kind of understand, but at the same time, I just feel like you've got to televise this, right? Like, that's part of the intrigue of this Absolutely. event. If, this was, if they could make this pay-per-view, I would pay two ninety nine to watch this. If this was like an iTunes download, <laughs> yeah, I would. I'd I would. Pay, I'm absolutely I'd pay, all in I'd on pay that. three bucks for sure. Um, <laughs> I'd at least go through the effort of streaming it on on Reddit or something. You know? Yeah. Like I would. I would go out of my way to 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 watch this if, if it was televised live. It's fun. I, absolutely. I, I, I'm excited for it. Um, what I'm wondering though is so, you know. We won't really know how everything shakes out. Um, I feel like if... I feel like you've got to get your guys, right? So LeBron, right. Has to, LeBron has to get Kevin Love. Steph has to get Durant, Clay, Draymond, right? You, I, you would think that that's probably how that goes. Especially because... Um, it, Aren't the Warriors still mad at LeBron for the RIP three and one lead Halloween <laughs> party? Like, like that. I mean, that's the kind of stuff NBA NBA Twitter cares about, and and that's the stuff that I care about in terms of of storylines with the, with this thing. Um, I I think you're gonna see some some kind of snubs like that where where LeBron is is definitely not gonna take Draymond. So I guess my question is, as fans, we're not gonna know how it all shakes out. Are the players going to know? I mean, obviously, like, Steph's going to tell his buddies, right? LeBron's going to tell his buddies. But if Russ is the last pick, is there is somebody going to tell him? You know what I mean? Oh, I hope so. That's that's really what I'm hoping for. <laughs> is is for this to somehow, like, there, there comes out a list of, like, what the 22 picks were in order. Um you know, Adam Silver's probably like in a bunker somewhere, like calculating and like planning out what the rosters are going to be, and this is probably going to end up being like a very calculated thing to avoid stuff like this. Yeah, but they should, totally, yeah. it's totally a missed opportunity, right? Yeah, and I do wonder about that. Like, is part of the reason why it's not televised is because there's going to be a little bit of direction, like Steph and LeBron aren't going to be. 100% independent in their picks. Right. Um, but let's do... Should we do a little mock draft? Let's do a mock draft. Try, you, to, uh, try to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, um, you should take... Be, you, should, you should take LeBron's pick. Have first pick. Alright, so... I'm LeBron. Uh, we have to go through all the starters. And then once we get into the reserves, Steph gets first pick. Of yeah. the reserves. Um, so I'm LeBron. I get first pick. What my gut is telling me to do is to stay in the Eastern Conference and get Giannis, Greek freak. That's my first pick. I think that is a great move. I think that's the obvious move. And I think that's also a possibility of um, what's to come. The uh, LeBron James to Milwaukee Rimmers are, are alive and well. So I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about LeBron and, and Giannis on the same team. I love it. That's a good first pick. I'm going to go a uh, similar route. I'm going to stay in the Western Conference, and I'm going to take my boy Kevin Durant. All right. Very smart. So there's been some talk about LeBron maybe trying to mend the fence 
with Kyrie or taking Durant, who some people see as maybe the second best player in the NBA. But as LeBron, I don't want to do either of those things, right? Um, So I'm going to allow Steph to get Durant. Now I get the third pick. And I need a guard. And I'm going James Harden. I love it. I'm Harden's an Harden's an awesome pick here. And this is like such a rare opportunity where in with the All-Star games, James Harden has spent his entire professional career in the Western Conference, and LeBron has spent his entire professional career in the Eastern Conference. So there was never been a chance for these guys to really, you know, team up together. In, in, in an all-star scenario, the way you get to see, you know, in the past, you got to see um, just so many cool combinations with 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 those Western Conference teams. Um, so seeing Harden and LBJ here, I think it's a great pick. I'm going to go big. I'm going to stay big since I got Giannis. And I, I'm taking Boogie Cousins. Oh, going for Cousins. All right. I, I like it. Um any thought behind why you go Cousins over the brow? I, I think you, you you take Cousins because you know you're going to get the strength on the inside. And there's just simply no other guy in this in this starting section that I think could guard Cousins. I think um, the brow and Joel Embiid match up together really well. And I think that those that, that, that matchup's really interesting if we end up seeing that. But... Um, with, with DeMarcus, I think you're getting a really unique player in the NBA right now. And, I mean, he just had one of the top five crazy performances with 46 points and 20 rebounds um, in Chicago the other night. So uh, I think you're getting something really special with Boogie. And uh, we're going to have to talk about this uh, as, we, as we move forward. But DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis are both starters in this, in this All-Star game. And the potential of what the Pelicans should be able to build around that team um, is I, I'm starting to get more excited about the Pelicans' future, and I, I think DeMarcus Cousins just gives them a whole new edge. So I'm taking I'm taking Boogie. All right, very good. So now I feel like we we start to come into some strategy, and you know, as LeBron, one of my big threats in the Eastern Conference is the Celtics, and so I do feel like I want to. I want a little gamesmanship here. I do not want to end up with Kyrie Irving on my team. For that reason, I'm picking DeMar DeRozan, who is a wonderful player. Um, but there is some gamesmanship here. I'm going to be honest. I love DeMar DeRozan. Um, I, th- I think he's one of the underrated better players in the league. Um, his ability to just flat out get buckets is is crazy. And... I think pairing him with James Harden gives you a crazy impressive backcourt. And it'll also it's going to allow LeBron to just kind of... You remember when LeBron was playing on Miami and he would just kind of drift about, like kind of like playing free safety on offense when he didn't have the ball because it was in the hands of Bosh and the hands of D-Wade. That's what you kind of get, that, get with uh, having that level of ball handlers um, surrounding LeBron with... You know, you're kind of putting together a little bit of a small ball team here, and I, I, I think um, that that that's that would be a really cool position for LeBron in the All Star game. So, who are you going with for your fourth pick? 
So my fourth pick, so I'm at the point where I need a guard, and if I can luck into Kyrie um, to match up with Steph, those that's the two sickest handles in the league, right? Yeah, I mean, I think CP3 is probably in that conversation as well, but th- those are your top three in my opinion. Non-all-star, Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah, that, that was certainly one of the snubs. Um, but at the same time, he's been hurt. I don't know that he's put in enough games this season to truly be considered. He's, he's I agree. He's been great, though. I mean, do you do you do you think him not being an All Star this year does that mean we've hit peak Chris Paul, or is this just going to be an outlier and he's going to have and he's got two or three All Star seasons left in him? <laughs> Ooh, I mean, ugh, I, I struggle to see two or three. He might have one left in him. Um, but he, here's an interesting stat that's been floating around for you. Uh, the Rockets are undefeated this season when Harden, CP3, and Capella are all available. Undefeated. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really starting to think. I know they're just kind of not battle-tested, but I'm really starting to feel like the Rockets are going to... I think they're the future. They're gonna give the they're gonna give the Warriors at least a test. I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put any money on them beating the Warriors. But I feel like that Western Conference Final is just gonna be absolutely lit. I'm so excited yeah. for it. Yeah, I'm clearing my schedule for that. I'm just whatever I'm supposed to do. I'm it's I'm busy. I know you're like having a kid or whatever, but I'm I'm gonna be yeah. busy that week. Yeah, I'm gonna have to be like, I'm sorry, I can't, uh, I can't, <laughs> I can't be at the delivery. There's Western Conference Finals. <laughs> Clay's Garden Tartan, it's awesome. Yeah. All right, all right. Um, who's who's your last pick? You, do you, I think you need a big man. So you 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 pick next, right? Oh no, you took Kyrie. Okay. Um, yeah, I took Kyrie. Uh, oof, I think you need a big man. You've left me with a tough, tough choice here. Um, do I want the? Well, I feel like both these guys are the future. I'm going with the brow. Um, that's a tough pick, though. I really, really like Embiid, uh, but I'm going. I'm going with the brow. I want to break up Cousins and the brow. Yeah, I mean, for the sake of you know splitting up the the all-star teams to being eastern and western that helps us a little bit too uh to to balance that a bit that gives you the starting five of lebron james the greek freak harden the rosen and the brow and I've, i'm running out uh steph curry kevin durant boogie cousins Kyrie, and the process two very, i like that two two like very very interesting rosters i think you know what? I gotta tell you. I think um, something I'm gonna do later this weekend is I'm gonna have to create these teams on uh, NBA 2K and, and check out these rosters. See, see uh, how it goes. Yeah, I'll, I'll play both sides a couple times. So we'll, you know, I've got free time. We'll also have to see how close we were in terms of how it actually yeah, plays out. Definitely interested. All right, so moving on to the reserves. Uh, Steph gets first pick. And I think you just have to continue on with the theme of of getting your guys. And we're, I'm going to take Draymond out the, out the gate here. All right, great pick, love it. Um, the question here is: Is Kevin Love staying in Cleveland? If he is, Ooh. if he is, he's my next pick. I don't think he is, though. No, I don't think so either. But 
just in case i'm going i'm going kevin love that's my next pick Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know i think i think we might end up seeing kevin love somewhere else before the season's over i think it's very very possible that kevin love is is not a cavalier come playoff time all right uh you took kevin love um and i think Steph being the kind of guy he is, he's just going to go go ahead and pick Clay Thompson and we'll get all four Warriors on one team the way God intended. Very good. Love it. By God, I mean um, Nike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. All right, so you've got Draymond, Clay. I've got Kevin Love. I think I need a real wingman and for that reason i'm going jimmy butler jimmy butler is an excellent pick um he looks good with the t-wolves this year you know i I, i've been in on the t-wolves a little bit uh longer than most people they were kind of the hipster team last year and i've been fighting for them day one this season and now they've got two all-stars um do you think this team's gonna make any playoff noise um, I mean, I think it kind of depends on the matchup they get. Like, right now, they're third in the West, right? Yeah. So, I, I like that for them. Um, A lot better than I like fourth, because I feel like if they end up fourth, they're going to be playing the Thunder. And I actually think the Thunder are going to be pretty dangerous uh, come playoff time. Um, but if they're third, I could, I could see them at least, you know, making the conference semis. I I don't know that they do that much more than that. Um, they're good. I don't, I don't know that they're like transcendent though. What about you? Dude, I, I think that they're, you're, you're right about that, that this, this team's very good. Um, in a league without the Warriors and the Rockets being just so incredibly stacked, um, I think they have a better chance. If they were in the Eastern Conference, I, I yeah. think they can make the conference finals. Yeah. I mean, I think we. I think this season will be very interesting in terms of how the East plays out. West, I will be shocked if it's not Warriors-Rockets. Shocked. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think we... Depending on how everything shakes out, I think the Thunder will probably be in the conference semis. Um, and then either the Spurs or the T-Wolves, depending on how it all shakes out. Um, all right, so what, what's up next here? So I've got next pick, and I, uh, I got Draymond and Clay. so I, I think I need another big to go with, um, with my starters of Boogie and Joel Embiid. So I'm taking the Unicorn. I'm getting Porzingis. Great pick. I, I love the Unicorn. Um, he's on my fantasy team. He's tearing it up. Uh, I think he's he's amazing. He's so fun. Um, so let's the, see. The, yeah, go ahead. I, just about the Knicks, real quick. Um, th- around this time last year, and we, and, you know, a little bit later last year, we were, we were looking at a Kentucky team that was playing really well, and, and seeing De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk kind of climb up the draft board, and the New York Knicks had had a top five pick. And I just did not want De'Aaron Fox to go there. Unfortunately, he went to a worse team and ended up at Sacramento King. And I totally wish De'Aaron Fox would have been playing with Przingis in New York. Uh, I think that's a 
that, that that's going to be something that's like a missed opportunity for me forever is seeing those two guys run and pick and roll. <laughs> yeah, that that would have been something for sure. Um, but I think it's worked out for the Knicks, right? Oh, absolutely. They're they're not mad about their position. Um. All right. So you you just took Kristaps. Yep. Yep. The beautiful boy. Um. So what direction do I want to go with this next? I feel like I feel like I want another point guard. And I think I'm going John Wall actually. I think I want to stick Eastern Conference this time. Ooh. I'm going to take Wall. And and I love John. And, and for that reason keep him away from Boogie. <laughs> that was my thought process. Gamesmanship, you know. All right. Um, again, I've kind of stacked on the bigs right now, so maybe I need a shooter. I'm getting Bradley Beal. Smart, and you're breaking up the Wizards that way. Um. All right. Where do I want to go next? I feel like I want a little more veteran experience on my team. Okay. And Big Al? No. No. Good good guess. However, I want to go with a guy who's having just an incredible season and just holding together a completely cobbled together lineup that should not be working. I'm going with LaMarcus Aldridge. Wow. I think he's having one of the best seasons of his career. At like what what is he like 35? No, not that old, but He's he's definitely on you know that decline of his career. But how about the Spurs this year? They are a mess, right? They, they, well, yeah, they they are, but they shouldn't be nearly as good as they are. Um, uh, the fact the fact that they've put together the season they have is just a true testament to Pop. Um, the stuff with Kawhi is a little concerning. Uh, well, Pop's not worried, so I'm not worried. That's fair, how I feel about that. Fair, fair. fair. <laughs> fair i mean they've they've got their system it works and i love it all right so who you got next um at this point simply because he's still on the board i'm taking russ all right i think that's a good pick um and i think russ hates getting picked what is this like like 16th he's gonna lose his mind sure i mean if it were up to him he'd be like one of the one of the top oh, two he'd be, yeah, he'd he's, be he's first pick yeah <laughs> who who do you think russ picks first oh god i mean i don't know that anybody has more vendettas than that guy <laughs> does, does he just go nobody i'm, I'm doing it five yeah, on one. yeah yeah totally i think he i, th- I think he picks harden you think I, I think I think he'd pick Harden. There's not enough bad blood there. No, I think I think he he misses what could have been. He's not. He's definitely not taking Durant. Though. No, he hates Durant. <laughs> he hates that guy. I love it. Um. All right. So is the is the big cat still on the board? Big cat's on the board. Yeah, I'm taking the big cat here. This guy's awesome. Uh, I know the last time that we talked, you you were a little worried about his his effort that he was showing. I think. I think that that's no longer a concern. Um, I think him being named to his first All-Star team, we've seen kind of a turnaround for Carl Anthony Towns in, in Minnesota. And I, I think that that team's going to be 
a consistent playoff contender for years to come. I, I hope so. I, I really like this team they've put together. Um, uh, yeah, I just, I, Big Cat and Jimmy Butler, they're, they're, do, they're making moves. Um, I think there's some questions about Wiggins, but that, that's a topic for another day. Uh, All right. So, yeah. So who do you, who do you have next? Let's see. I've got I've got a couple shooting guards, but I I, I could really use somebody to handle the ball. So um, I'm gonna take Dame Lillard. All right. That that's a solid pick. Get get another ball handler in there. Um. So I think. Let's see. I think. The guys left are Victor Oladipo, Al Horford, and Kyle Lowry. Okay. Um, Victor Oladipo, Al Horford, and Kyle Lowry. And should it be noted that um, all the guys left are in the Eastern Conference? Yeah. No, I think that's interesting. I mean, that that's kind of, um, you know, we, we certainly have a, uh, a preference for the Western Conference just because the talent is so stacked over there. So I don't think that's a huge surprise, but it, it's definitely notable. I'm, for strategic reasons, knowing that I'm either going to end up with either Lowry or Oladipo, and I'm fine with either of those, I'm going to go Horford just to get another big man. I think that, I think that's the smart move in terms of filling out your roster. So now we got to decide who's going to be the last guy to pick. And um, I'm going to take Victor Oladipo. Sorry, Kyle Lowry. Wow. I, 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 lo- I love the raps, but but Victor, I know, I know. He 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 broke broke our hearts playing college ball in Indiana. But um, as his current job playing for the Pacers, he's been otherworldly this season. The, yeah, he the, has. He's been able to put together. You know, he was in such a bad situation. Being he got drafted by Orlando, traded to. A, a Thunder team that was in disarray that also had, you know, Billy Donovan trying to figure out what he was doing and as well as dealing with Russ and Durant leaving and everything else. And I think Victor's really found himself a home in, in, in a Pacers uniform and he has been crushing this season. So I think you got to reward him for his, uh, his first all-star appearance and I'm going to let the Indiana stuff go and I'm taking the Victor Oladipo. All right, there we have it. Um, and then I end up with DeRozan and Lowry, so I don't mind that. Um, so I, I think we've got two very solid rosters here. Uh, I mean, be, it, it's, be... it's a little tough to go wrong with two all-star teams with sure, players. But... Sure, sure, uh, is, is there one guy you wish you, you you could add? Like, if you got if you got to have one more roster spot, um, who, who would you add? Hmm. Um, I mean, CP3 stands out. Drummond might be another good big man. Um, the sort of sleeper pick that I kind of wanted to see, I knew, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but there was, there were some whispers of it. Uh, but the, the one I kind of wanted to see just because I thought it'd be hilarious would be Lou Williams. He's, a, he's, <laughs> he's, he's had a great season. He's, he's legitimately putting up all-star numbers. You gotta uh, stay off Twitter, dude. <laughs> NBA Twitter, baby. Oh my god, I love it. Um, yeah, I would take Paul George. I I think that um that the, they're starting to figure out what they're doing in 
and Oklahoma City with with Carmelo and Russ and Paul George. And I just think that that PG thirteen is such an unreal physical talent um, that he he just kind of fills in the gaps wherever you need him. Um, and if I was picking, you know, if this was my Olympic. Olympic, Olympic, Olympic roster or something like that. I would find a way to get Paul George on that roster. All right, so that's that's our NBA talk. We'll we'll certainly revisit the All Star game. Um, you know, a month from now. <laughs> I know, right? It's so far. It, the, the news cycle for the All Star game has like taken up two months at this point. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, but but let's let's shift gears here and go to NCAA uh, as much as I, I feel like I'm over it uh, but let's talk about our Kentucky Wildcats or no the Kentucky Wildcats they're um, I'm not claiming them right now this team's a bummer it, yeah that's and look, and look it's been th- a bummer from the jump like I think I personally yeah, it, deluded myself for a while but this team has not been fun this season no no this team's been so frustrating they're so young they do so many stupid stupid aau nonsense things they turn the ball over in the worst possible times they're they're one of the absolute worst teams in college basketball with turnover percentages they do not know how to uh rebound they are terrible on the defensive glass they give up so many offensive rebounds and they Quite simply, are the worst offensive team under John Calipari at Kentucky. They're they're even worse than the uh, Nerlens Noel 2013 Hangover title team that didn't even make the NCAA tournament. Well, what what team, metric are you going off there? I'm just curious. Are there actually uh, stats that back that up? Yes. What are they? Let, let me... Ken Palm. Oh, Ken, Ken Palm's adjusted offense. Um, Kentucky is currently ranked 88th um, in adjusted offense and that is by far the worst ranking um for a for a calipari team in 2013 they were 59th in 2013 Mm. yeah i don't know for me that's fair but i test i think this team's i mean that team had fucking kyle wilcher and julius mays like come on this team's better than that team right well, the thing is, though, is this team's a bunch of freshmen. If this team was juniors and seniors, and and you had that kind of thing going on with them, where they had where they had a player that had been there to, to kind of set the tone a little bit. I mean, the, the the hardest working guy on this team right now is PJ Washington, which was a guy that didn't even show up till conference play. You know, um, it's it's been really difficult to watch such young kids um, have to learn these basic lessons that. Cal's running so much zone now. Like before, like we were getting mad because he wasn't running zone to you know finish out the game and, and beat Kansas or, or get these big wins. But now we're losing this stupid teams. We we lost that, that Tennessee loss was pathetic. Well, South t- Carolina Tennessee loss is was... probably the best team in the SEC. I, I don't buy that. That was a bad loss. The South Carolina loss was a huge bummer. Um, that was, lo- that was lo- losing loss. at home is a bummer no matter who you're playing. Uh, and but and the, Cal Cal's been at, been at Kentucky um, long enough that this is the ninth time that they've lost back to back games under Cal, and it looks like if you look ahead, they might lose back to back games two or three more times this season. When you look at upcoming games, um, 
you, you look at Missouri away, followed by Tennessee at home, followed by A&M away, followed by Auburn away. That that could be three or four losses right there. That's a tough stretch. Absolutely. And, you, and they're going to get slaughtered in Morgantown. Mm. West Virginia is going to beat the hell out of this Kentucky team in Morgantown. Huggins is going to run them to death. We can't shoot. We're going to get killed. Uh, maybe this is just wishful thinking, but I kind of feel like that – might be a surprise game. Um, you, 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 I, I just from the cats, I, from I, the cats. I just, you know, th- there's no way it's a trap game for West Virginia. They've had that circled all year, and they follow it up with Iowa State. You know, this is a prime time ESPN Big Twelve SEC challenge. We're gonna lose by fifteen. Hmm. I hope not. Well, you might be. Right. So, you might be right. It might be a blowout. But. but and that's what's such a bummer about this team is next year that wouldn't happen. They're just so, so, so young that they don't know how to talk when guys are switching on defense. They don't know how to call out ball screens. They don't know how to do any of the super basic stuff so that we can get mad at Cal for not figuring out any, any, literally any other inbounds play in that, in that game against Florida. But these guys don't know how to run anything else. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, and the other thing with this team is, is you know, um, s- since we've been gone and since we came back, Jared Vanderbilt ha- has has made it into the, um, you know, the rotation, right? And you also had Quad A Green go out and come back with a complete inability to shoot. Like he just, you know, hit that that shot he took at the end of the Florida game, hit the side of the backboard. Like this his shot's completely gone. This this team is um maybe just now having all the guys that are going to see the floor play in a game and there's just no offensive rhythm at all. Yeah. Well, there's there's not there's just not a consistent point presence at this point. Um, no. I feel like, you know, with with Quadiel, the switch to Shea uh, really showed us the upside of Shea, but I also feel like it was that ended up taking touches away from Knox um, and, and, yes. and probably from Richards as well. And I feel like that's really I mean, thrown our offense off. Nick Richards has been a ghost. Yeah. Um, He's just completely evaporated on offense, and and you know we've seen kind of the rise of PJ Washington on the block lately, and he and he's shown some really great toughness down there. Um, but is that really the guy that you want getting touches on this team? I th- I'm I'm with you. I think that they got to be playing through Kevin Knox more, right? Hundred um, percent. I mean that's the that's that should be the guy. That should be the alpha, uh, and it just hasn't been since very early in the season. Uh, and it's, it's honestly troubling. Um, yes. And the, the other thing with the point presence, you know, the, the going back and forth between SGA and Quade Green is you're seeing a guy like Hami Diallo, who's a crazy explosive athlete. He's actually leading the team in um, shots taken. And that's not the guy you want taking all your shots. That's the guy you want getting runouts and dunks. And alley backdoor cuts. Like you don't want Hami Diallo taking the last shot in the game. You want Kevin Knox taking the last yeah, shot in the game. Absolutely. And we saw that in Vanderbilt when he took the last shot to give us the lead. And 
I think this this gets down down to something that you and I have been texting about during the games is how much of this is on Cal and how much of this is on the players. Mm, I don't know. I, I honestly just don't know anymore. Like, I mean, what else? What else should Cal do? What else can he do? Um, I don't. I don't think he's a super creative in-game coach, but you know, I don't know if there's any fixing that at this point. He's 58 years old, uh, right? So, um, but is it on the players? I mean, these are 18-year-olds. You know, um, I, I I teach 18-year-olds. You used to teach 18-year-olds, so we both are pretty familiar with how 18-year-olds think, how 18-year-olds act, like. And that's certainly something I lose sight of sometimes, but when I take a step back, it's like, yeah, you can't, you can't expect too much. Um, you shouldn't expect too much. These, you know, you want them making mistakes to learn from those mistakes. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't know. This just might be an off season. I could still. I. I think the ceiling's still pretty high. I could still see them putting together a run. But at the end of the day, I think this is going to be this is going to go down as one of Cal's worst seasons at at Kentucky. I think the um, the phrase is it's always darkest before dawn, right? <laughs> well, well, here's my theory here. Uh, Duke's the cool school now. You know, next year they're absolutely loaded. They have the top three players and the top point guard in their recruiting class. Um, Duke's had more immediate recent success. Kentucky's last title was 2012. That was six years ago. These guys were 11. They don't remember or care about that at this point. Um, I think what we're going to see, though, is finally the ability for a lot of these guys to stick around a second or third year. William Gabriel's not going to the draft. Sasha Kalea Jones is not going to the draft. Three-fourths of the starting squad is not going to the draft. You're going to see a lot of these guys come back. You're going to see a lot of these guys finally nine years into Calipari at Kentucky, have a chance to really coach a guys a second time. And we haven't seen that since they will, you know, they had Terrence Jones return. Well, I think that 15-16 season was pretty good. Yeah, they were pretty good. Right? Yeah, had, they were pretty had, good. had uh, <laughs> Willie Cauley-Stein, the Harrison Twins back. Um who else? was Dakari? Dakari was back too, right? Um, but yeah, you're right. It's it's a rare it's a rarity at Kentucky. Um, for for every Tyler Ulis, there's two James Youngs. It feels like. Um, yes. Yes. So. So I think I think um, in the grand scheme of things, we're not going to see this team make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. I think I think they get out of the first weekend and that's it. But I think what that means is a lot of these guys come back, which they should, and they'll be better draft picks next year and they'll have a better impact on the NBA in two years when they are bigger, stronger, faster, better conditions, and more ready to make the leap. Because this is, it's been said a thousand times, the youngest team, you know, Experience-wise, in like the history of of Ken Palm tracking experience, like this is a super super young Kentucky team, even by Kentucky standards. And you see it in Cal's halftime speeches. He's no longer doing wrestling heel speeches. He's just doing. I wish these guys would do fundamentals, and he's just kind of sad. And 
And I, I think even he's at the point where he's just like, okay, I just need more time. I need more practices. I I, I need these guys to grow. And um, I think it was they they mentioned they were uh, a Quade Green interview during the game tonight where where he said Cal said the, that you know they played so hard in the and their two losses they should consider them wins but all the players know that they took losses and that's kind of a wake up call um, tonight against Mississippi State we saw Kentucky close and we haven't seen Kentucky close in a while they actually covered and that's that's not something that happens a lot with 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 a with a Calipari team, even. Well, I mean, they also closed against, you know, one of the worst teams in the SEC. They should close against a team like Mississippi State. Um, you know, but, but, but it's, like, it's still reassuring at this point, especially after back-to-back losses. The crowd was in it. You know, you don't expect the crowd to be in it for a game like this where you, you know, you expect that you expect them to take care of business. But the crowd was in it. That was cool to see. And hopefully this is a confidence booster for them going forward. The thing is, though, the SEC, we always joke about the SEC meat grinder. It, it's The SEC is much, much better this year. And Kentucky's so obviously behind where they usually are in this point in the season. So you kind of have that those two things coming together that are making it a much more difficult season for Kentucky to to do these kinds of things. But that also means that you know, we thought that Kentucky should blow out Mississippi State, that they should be ahead of this, but these two teams, they had the same record to start the game, you know? Um, and the, the strength schedule is obviously different, but but Kentucky's finding itself as an unranked basketball team in the middle of the pack of the SEC. So um, I think there's a bit of an, a, of an adjustment of what it means to play at Kentucky this year as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you want to jump around the NCAA a bit? Do you have other NCAA action you want to discuss? Yeah, I think um, one thing we should just go ahead and get off our chest is how much we absolutely hate Virginia. <laughs> um, the final score of the Virginia-Clemson game tonight was 61-36, to 36, which my niece's sixth-grade AAU basketball team scores more, more than 36 points in a game, and... That is unbelievable. That was the final score of a college basketball game in 2018, isn't it? Sure, but Virginia's getting victories, right? I mean, we we hate them. They're, you know, one of our two least favorite teams, them and Wisconsin. Uh, but Virginia's, I mean, they're, they're just not losing. I'm waiting for them to go away. I assume they'll go away in March. But right now, they're looking prime to... To win the ACC regular season outright and to be a threat in the tournament, um, so I, I mean I don't I don't want to believe in them, but but right now I don't know I'm starting to feel like I might have to give them a little credit. Um, but yeah, sixty-one thirty-six. That's brutal, <laughs> brutal. Yeah, that's 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 how how does anybody go to those games and you have to get hammered for that, right? Sure. Yeah, you got you gotta love defense. <laughs> yeah. I just I, I we should ban Tony Bennett. <laughs> I'm so over it. Uh, but anyway, Virginia, yeah, they're rolling. They're 19 and one. Um, one of the best teams in college basketball. Villanova also rolling. Uh, Jay Wright getting it done again in the Big East. They're 
they're they're looking really great. I think um, a couple big surprises this year are uh, Purdue in the Big Ten, and then uh, Trey Young and Oklahoma in the Big Twelve. Uh, you, you got anything on either of those? Not really. Um, the only time I've seen Purdue is I saw them drop a couple in a row over Thanksgiving, but they've looked great since then. <laughs> Um, I've seen Oklahoma play a handful of times. I mean, I think the Big 12 is one of the tougher conferences in, in the nation right now. And, you know, are they my favorite team to watch? No, but I do think they're good. And we saw them take down Kansas tonight, which was good because, you know, going into this season, people were like, Kansas is going to do it again. Kansas has this crazy streak of uh, Big 12 regular season championships. And going into the season, people were like, it's happening again. Then people were like, oh, not so fast. We've got some other contenders. And then Kansas just immediately started rolling again. So I think this loss is is, is a good sign um, that there might be. There might, I still think Kansas will probably pull it off. But we might see somebody finally derail Kansas's regular season streak. Um, and and that would be cool. That would be very I, cool. I'd be very, very happy to see uh, Kansas not at the top of the Big 12 this year. Um, did, I watched that Oklahoma game tonight, and and I must admit, I did take some shots at Trey Young before the game uh, on Trey Young's shot attempts per game. This is a guy that put up 39 shots in the in their earlier loss this week uh, to Oklahoma State. But, but tonight, he only puts up nine shots, and just absolutely fills the stat sheet getting assists. He's not turning the ball over as badly as he has. Tonight he looked the best he has in a long time. Um, is is the trick to beating Oklahoma just let Trey Young shoot? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, I think they look better when um, he's he's doing a little bit more distributing the ball. So, so yeah, yeah, it really might be just well, – let, let him jack him up. I, I don't know. I, I think he's got a pretty good shot, though, overall. But uh... Yeah, he does. He has a shot that's um, it's kind of reminiscent of Clay Thompson's, which is how fast he gets the ball out of his, out of his hands, especially off the dribble. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty impressive ability. Uh, tonight, the, really, the, 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 the winning play of that game is, is there was a ball screen for Trey Young, and Kansas doubled him. And they left it, and they left the shooter open, and 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 that just seems like, you know, almost with anybody, um, if you leave a guy open, he's he's at this at, at the college level, um, at Division One level, more than like he he should knock that that shot down. And I think you're better off making Trey Young shoot a tough shot than giving anybody else in Oklahoma an open look. And and that and that really is what did in Kansas tonight. And that's kind of a you know that's something that young teams do. And Kansas is, is you know they, they do have some younger players, some younger stars on that team, and it, it might be finally time for uh, for somebody else to go home with the Big Twelve title. Well, I think that might just about do it for this week. Um, we'll be back next week. We'll we'll do a bit more of an NBA wrap up next week, just to sort of touch base with the standings, see where everybody is. Um, and maybe we'll do a bit more of our NCAA roundup next week, too. Um, of course, we've got the SEC Big 12 uh, showdown next week to talk about. 
Uh, anything else to look forward to? Yeah, the SEC Big 12 kicks off this weekend. That's really going to be the most exciting thing. Um, lots of great games there. The, of course, the one we'll have our eyes on is Kentucky at West Virginia, Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern in Morgantown. All right, buddy. Well, uh, until next week. We should ban Tony Bennett. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.